0: Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore.
1: I'm Fable, Beth Stedman.
0: I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson.
1: And this is a podcast for writers who love to read, readers who love to write, and anyone who loves words. Okay, today we are talking about poetry, and we're really excited to talk about poetry. (laughs) Yes, Uh, We have, at various times in the past, done episodes where we've touched on poetry, and particularly on Forcing ourselves to explore poetry as a means of exploring voice, and today we want to talk just a little more broadly about poetry and kind of poetry as an expressive art form, and then also the way That's the ways it can help even fiction writers to develop their their style and their voice. Um, so I think Laura has a definition for us. <laughs> Starting do. So what's cool about poetry is if you
0: ask for a definition, you'll probably get a lot of <laughs> different. <laughs> things but boiled down mm-hmm. poetry comes from the greek word to create mm-hmm. and i think that's a great place to start looking at it yeah. it also has though qualities that don't have to be there but often are um this comes from actually a really great ted talk that ted ed video called what makes a poem a poem mm-hmm. because it is these qualities that we define it rather than able to be like this definitely fits the categories of poetry like it is squishy it's very fluid so usually there's some emphasis on the language musical qualities usually Mm -hmm. there's some form of rhyme or lyricism even if it's not a rhythm old yeah. yeah exactly there's something about the words playing off of each other usually um even if it's not like an old style in you know a iambic pentameter or something like that there's usually some bit of listening for the sounds of certain words Mm. it's condensed so you kind of have this boiled down nature of words that Mm. all the extra stuff is kind of removed allowed to just fly away with the wind (laughs) it's all kind of this feeling of the things that need to be there are left and everything else Mm -hmm. exactly is allowed to kind of fly away or drain away and then um, it usually involves some form of intense feelings Mm. it doesn't have to we definitely can come up with examples where it's like well that doesn't really fit within those qualities but often even if it isn't intense often it links back to something like if you boil it down something that comments on the nature of what it means to be human
1: yeah touches on that feeling part of us even if it's not yeah. an intense like yeah emotion yeah that's a great definition I like that a lot I remember um it might have been in in Billy Collins master class I know you've watched it more recently than I have so maybe you mm-hmm. remember but I remember him talking about line breaks as a like key part of like what makes a poem absolutely like how important those breaks are and those that white spaces and that this differentiation between pose and poetry as like prose flowing and not breaking that line and poetry is has these stops and these like pauses and these yeah where you break that line and where you hold very tension
0: yeah and very intentional in yeah where that is Yes, So that it doesn't end on something that kind of trails off unless that's the intention of the poem. Sure. Right. I, I love that he has an example of it, one that he wrote about a waterfall where there's actually aren't yes. Yes. any breaks. And that's on purpose because as he was writing it, he felt that that was more representative of the, not necessarily that because it was about a waterfall, he would have had to do it, but it it did flow it had that flow so it needed to not have any breaks
1: yeah i love when a poet will think about that like how else they can communicate even beyond the words like yes like how does this flow add to this image or how does it um increase what i'm trying to say
0: absolutely and i like when the form itself is representative of the idea um yeah i read one by um a book of poetry by Barbara Kingsolver and it literally funnels down it's it's basically like how to like how to relax on vacation and it funnels all the way down it's kind of this reverse kind of stepping down to like Mm. one word at the very end and I just thought that was a very interesting way of kind of getting down to an idea and showing yeah. it visually that that's you're literally collapsing down the ideas yeah. to like that one word i, I love that, that. Was almost fun. that
1: like stripping off that happens in vacations yes. or as you relax like you kind of just let go of things and
0: yeah absolutely and i i know we've talked about it we're going to be talking about it in the future but the poet x um that mm-hmm. that is our book club book has several where the form is kind of this conversation it's a text message back and forth mm-hmm. but it fits what it is so well it fits what yeah. it is what's going back and forth that even though it is a text back and forth it has a form to it that is poetic yes, <laughs> it is. yes. and it's interesting how even doing something like that a recipe um I was watching actually, Joy uh, Harjo has. Uh, she's a poet that has a master class, and she was talking about you know different ways of playing with things. Mm-hmm. A lot of hers are very lyrical. She does a lot of spoken word with music, mm-hmm. but she's like, why couldn't a love poem be a recipe? And like uh-huh. she just it was out of the out of the common way of thinking that it's like when we start saying those unique what-ifs of like what do we think poetry has to be and kind of break all of those things down then we start getting to the what is possible Mm -hmm. what what encapsulate this idea it doesn't mean that writing as a recipe would be great in every instance but (laughs) sometimes having that unique combination Mm -hmm. of things can bring more meaning to what it is. Definitely.
1: I think I love the ways that poetry can both give form and break form, you know, like Mm. it often feels like poetry can serve as this container for an idea. Like it can hold an idea in this white space and whether that's a strict form, like um, a meter or something like that, or a rhyme, like it doesn't have to be that, but it can be that. And that can kind of force you to think about something in a different way. Like I think sometimes putting boundaries on ourselves actually helps increase creativity. Yes. Um, Mm. But even when it, Is a freestyle form, like there's still this, like, yeah, I think it's because it forces down to the essence. It, like, kind of, you have to limit yourself a little bit in order Mm -hmm. to get whatever that rhythm is you want, or that lyricalness you want, or whatever it is you're playing with. That form is often oddly freeing, like, it kind of frees you up to think about something in a different (laughs) way, which it doesn't seem like it should be because it's like, but I feel like it is. And I really like that.
0: I think it is too and I in my head I think it is because it gives you a structure like sometimes when we have too much freedom it's like we're paralyzed yes yes like like you're like but I could think of anything (gasps) but then you have like all of those thoughts that are like yes sometimes just funneling it down to okay this is what I'm starting to talk about and this is the number of lines that are feeling like they're right or like this is all of a sudden a rhyming scheme may show up. Maybe it's not end of the poetry rhyme. It could be just words in the middle that fit. I think it is freeing because then you have like a pattern to fit your ideas within rather than you can choose any <laughs> word in the universe you kind of have this like funneled down to I mean you could still choose any word in the universe but it, sure. it it matches with your form or it matches with what it is that you're putting yourself into even yeah. if it's just that you know it's going to be this many like the line will only go to here right. rather than that it will go to the end of the page right and I think sometimes we don't realize how freeing constraints can actually be in our writing when we when we give ourselves an assignment to be like okay this is what we're attempting to do sometimes adding those constraints of maybe have the gut feeling of what it it wants to be maybe have one like short sentence that you're like okay I'm going to create something around it that can then give you this work that you need to move forward. Yes,
1: totally. I think that's a great way to put it. It is like that decision paralysis. And when you narrow it down, you suddenly yeah, have that inspiration or you suddenly feel like, oh yeah, I know what to do with this. I feel like um, I've been doing the weekly poems with post with poet with uh, what's her name. I can't think of it, but we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then also the flash fiction with Emily. And I feel like for both of those often. So they give these prompts and there have been times where I've felt like, I don't know what to do with this prompt. And I get really stuck and I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do. And every single time, if I give myself an additional restraint, then I have an idea. Then right? <laughs> It's like, if I add another thing to it, like, okay, here's the prompt and then I'm going to make it. So it fits this rhyming scene or this type of poetry or this style, or I'm here's the prompt. I'm going to, fit it into four lines or here's the prompt. I'm going to tell a story that's from this particular point of view. Like as soon as I give myself that additional constraint, then I suddenly feel like I can create again. It's, it's so weird, but it's so, I love it. It's, it's been an a amazing thing to realize because then it's like, as soon as I feel stuck, I realize Oh, I need to like narrow this down. I need to restrain this. <laughs> to add another. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think it's great to, to realize that, to have that understanding that Maybe it's two constraints that you need to like uh, knowing that if it's not working, like maybe there's something that you can change or add or do that does kind of make that way forward clear. Yeah. And I, I do like sometimes with those prompt type exercises, that was always hard for me is that it was almost like. There's two options. One yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I could come up with ten thousand things, but I don't right. need ten thousand things. I need one. Like right. literally. <laughs> and I I think that's also what's great about seeing what other poets do. Yes. What other because you're not just limited to your own mind for those constraints. You can see what someone else has done and been like. Oh, I want to try that version of poetic constraint in something that I do the
1: next time I write. Yeah. I think something else I really like about, like, when you give yourself that kind of constraints, when you narrow something down or compress something, it also forces, I think it forces out your voice a little bit. Like, it's something that we've talked about before, but over the last few years, I'm really trying to figure out, like, what is my voice? What makes it unique? How can I play up those strengths, downplay weaknesses? How can I really lean into the things that are, like, this is mine, this is how I sound? (laughs) Um, Which is really important as writers and yet it's so nebulous and so hard and I'm like I don't know what what does the voice even mean like how do I find what my voice sounds like versus what someone else's voice sound like and I feel like poetry has been so helpful in that because when you narrow it down you start to find that like if I don't have total freedom I use the words that I like to use I use the words that are really mine you know like I use my favorite words instead of and you start to notice like oh there's some commonality to some of those favorite words or like for myself I notice my poetry tends to be super dramatic and and that has been really helpful to notice and as I started asking beta readers and things like how would you describe my writing style like across the board that's something that's come out like super dramatic super like um that kind of like a little punchy and um (laughs) that makes sense but I see that in the poetry and so then I I start start to like oh this is what that means when I'm narrowed down and constrained it comes out as this really like over dramatized (laughs) kind of punchy kind of like um (laughs) heightened emotion somewhat abstract (laughs) it tends to be heady and feely and not super bodily which is what you find in my writing too and it's so interesting to like start to I can see it more clearly in the poetry sometimes than I can in the prose but when I can see it more clearly then I can start to recognize it in the prose and lean into that in the prose in a way that and also fill in the gaps of that because that has its problems too you know
0: (laughs) exactly when you get to the prose, it it does like I think having that balance in prose can be useful yes I think in poetry though like You don't have to, like, that's what's glorious about poetry. Like, you can totally lean in to whatever it is that is you, because that's almost the nature of poetry. You remove everything that isn't really kind of adding to that and allowing it to be extra and allowing it, which I always love that element of poetry too, is like that boiled down, being able to turn it up to 11 and having it be able to be exactly as it is not worrying about it being too much, not worrying about it, not being, Oh, did I, did I describe like (laughs) how it smells or how it sounds enough? Like it, it is more, the expectation is that you'll describe what you'll describe and it's only the important things. So (laughs) it's not. Like people will be like, I'm sorry, I didn't know what it sounded like there. So <laughs> right. I, I can't. you
1: don't have to worry about talking right. heads in poetry. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> that's what's great about it. And mm-hmm. what's great about that too, again, we talked about Billy Collins' masterclass. He had talked about like that persona, like who yes. is you and the voice of you in poetry, and that you yes. can kind of figure out almost as a character, yeah, who that is, and lean into the characterization of who that persona is writing the poetry yeah and i like that interesting freedom of almost allowing the poetry to be outside yourself but also be a part of yourself it's kind yes. of this weird in between place where it doesn't have to be a hundred percent all of you like you can
1: lean into just one area or one yeah. aspect or one t- yeah Awkward totally. parts
0: and you can change that over time and play and flip yeah. with that over time I think that's what also makes poetry listening to different poets at different times yes. and reading different collections and even like the different sections of a collection it may lean in heavily to one area and then all of a sudden the next section is completely different sure. like, one might be really funny and the next one might be dead serious and I love that it all is allowable and it's all appropriate because there is no, oh, I'm sorry, you can't do that. Like this, this doesn't match. You know, one poem is its own encapsulated thing. And then you can
1: do the next in a completely different way. You can experiment in fun ways. Yeah. I think the more I read different poets though, and like a lot by the same poet, even within that variety, you start to notice like, oh yes, this sounds like them. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. If that makes sense. And you start to see what voice means, I think more clearly and more obviously than you can sometimes in prose. Because even when I've read a lot of books by the same author, after a while, you do start to notice like, oh, okay, this is kind of their voice. And like, I can see them in this, Um, but it's harder. It takes more time. Mm -hmm. Whereas with poetry, you can read a bunch of poems by the same author and get a really clear sense of, oh yeah okay this sounds like them like billy yes. collins is a great example because he's sou- his poetry absolutely totally different from mine like he is super body and observation and like descriptive of the environment and the, like what he's seeing and you know like all of that kind of stuff his poetry almost yeah. feels in some ways to me like a snapshot or like a vignette or a little video of like a particular time and place I'm often like and i love that and you can see that in his in his style and in his voice. And, and then you go to other, po- Oh, one of the things I really loved about that class actually too, is that he talked about that spectrum of um, like clarity versus abstraction yes. and how poets fall in different places on this spectrum. And I thought that just like was fascinating to me because yes. you can start to see it. Like you can listen or, you know, read a poet like Emily Dickinson or some, someone like that, that's a little more on the abstract side. And then you can read Billy Collins, who's a little more on that concrete side. It, it, it's definitely very um, clear, his, his poetry. Yes. Um, Accessible, yeah. yeah. And it was very interesting to see, too, to try to think about like, okay, where do I land on that? And, and you're, you're going to have some poems that are more clear and some that are more abstract or Absolutely. more obtuse. But overall, as a catalog, you can also kind of see like this Person falls here, you know. Like, and I they think start that's to, a like cluster fascinating yeah. study, like of, of voice and of what that means for for different people and how they veer on those spectrums. Anyway, I thought that was fascinating.
0: I I do too, and it's interesting because I've been reading a lot of Dr. Maya Angelou actually mm-hmm. since we did. I know why the cage bird sings and. Hers, like, emotionally are all over the place. And although I may not get every single word she's using and how it's using because it is so set within specific time frames and set within a very specific kind of moment, it's one of those that she can run the gamut of emotion and yet she is always who she is, (laughs) which I think... You know, having that very interesting view of someone who is so connected to self, especially yeah. knowing after being disconnected, sure. it's one of those I love reading what she has to say because regardless of where it falls on the emotional spectrum, which I think is definitely in terms of form, she goes, sure. is she does have that consistent voice, that you yeah. feel that consistency of person you know, even if it's not like cohesive from a emotion standpoint or theme.
1: Sure. Yeah. She might play with lots of different emotions, lots of different themes, lots of different styles, even in terms of form and rhythm and all of that. But there's still this like essence that you can see of like, oh, this is, this is her, or this is Billy Collins, or this is whoever, like it comes out and it's, it's fascinating.
0: Well, and when it kind of is combined with voice from an actual speaking perspective when you actually Mm. know the person's actual voice it's interesting how I can start to even the ones I haven't heard her perform almost hear her speaking them which is fascinating um and maybe that's like some you know conscious like (laughs) filling in those gaps because you know the sound of her voice Mm -hmm. but I like that too, that you can kind of start hearing them say it in their own words as well as reading
1: it. I, that's always so fascinating because I, I think you get to hear kind of that emphasis and where they put the mm-hmm. the emphasis on the rhythm and all of that, which tells you, it just adds another layer to the, to the poem. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So <laughs> I love poetry and we could keep talking and I think we will definitely revisit this um we're gonna spend the next couple episodes talking about different aspects of poetry as well um and digging in a little bit more but overall I think we highly encourage writers of all types to explore poetry there is so much out there even if you think like oh, I, I don't like poetry poetry's not for me it's so boring whatever like Try a different poet. Like there are, yes. <laughs> there are enough out there. Maybe the yes. you know old things, old guys you studied in uh in high school are not for you, but that doesn't mean poetry isn't for you. Yes. And especially, especially if you want to develop your voice, if you want to learn what voice is and how to develop it as a fiction writer, poetry, I, I think is the first thing I would direct people to like explore poetry write poetry read poetry like start to pick up on this sounds like this person this sounds like that person and why um Mm -hmm. so that you can start to realize oh this sounds like me so keep reading read some poetry and keep writing explore writing something new and keep putting your work out into the world (laughs) yay